the role of the discipler. We want to think about who is the person who disciples them, the new convert, and how that would happen. I think it's not the church's role, or it's not the role of the church leader, of the pastor. It would, It is preferable if it's a role of someone who has this specific responsibility, a responsibility to help people who have come to Christ, whether they're from Islamic background or any other background. A person who comes to Christ needs someone to help them to grow in their spiritual life and need personal and specialized help often, not just coming to church. Coming to church is certainly a part of it, and this does not replace it, but it is part of the whole. I've often asked the question when talking to a group of people, how many people would say that someone discipled them when they became a Christian? Quite often you find just a few and said they weren't discipled or they were a Christian for five or ten years and finally someone came along and helped them. But I think it's a very important role and it's something that we sort of often take for granted. We expect things to happen, but we don't realize the amount of work and purpose that has to be set into it so that it does happen. So I think sometimes it's good to think about describing that person. Who is the person? Is it a teacher? Well, yes, it probably is a person with teaching abilities. And sometimes it is a person who's very much a teacher. And that can be so. But I think it's good to look at different aspects of how this could happen. A teacher usually puts the person in rather a dominant position if he's a teacher because then the other person becomes maybe a more passive listener or less active in the process. So at the groups that I've been working with, we've been trying to think through this issue. And we have been using the term mentor quite a bit. And even we ask the person to agree to have a mentor or say, no, they don't want a mentor. So uh, also we have found very popular with maybe lots of the younger people that we've been discipling that it's coach that's a very popular word because they would get a coach if they want to become excellent in tennis or in their sport and they ask the coach to tell them what they do wrong and to correct them and to change them and the coach gets a lot of responsibility that they offer him and then the coach can speak and that's quite a good role to have between two Christians. The person asks you to help him, asks you for correction, and they're expecting to listen, but also they've given you permission by that. And we've also, I have particularly sometimes said with people, would you like a coach for one month, three months? Set kind of realistic terms, because in our busy society, we don't all have the same amount of free time uh, and we don't all have the same time to give as a commitment because it's, you're going to make a commitment to the coach and the coach needs to make a very clear commitment to you as well. And so you need to, between you, kind of set agreements what you would like to do. But also I have been involved in discipling some people who are a bit older 
and we've done it as a friend. And that gives you a very personalized role, even more personal than the coach. So it does depend. There are different ways to adjust and fit this. But I think the idea of both of you telling each other the commitment, I certainly found that that was very helpful because when there are issues or problems, uh, the person is committed. Then you can speak sometimes about things that are hard to speak about, but the person has given you permission to speak. Whereas sometimes if it's just as a role, I'm teaching you, then that's a bit harder. At least I have found that a harder kind of situation. So we're thinking of that. What role am I going to have? Am I going to be a coach? And we're going to plan perhaps for three months. Then we can set some goals. Because you know, if you don't have any goals or any particular plan, you don't know where you're going. But it's more than that. I might know where I think I'm going, but it's a lot easier to evaluate and say, look where we've got. We planned this. We said we're going here, and we got to there, or we got to where someplace. We can see where we're going, what we got, what we've achieved. And that's very encouraging. You can see changes. Because I don't know, but I find it, if you don't see any changes, you feel very discouraged. And if you didn't plan for a change or plan for something, then you feel you can't see the purpose and you can't evaluate. And it encourages both the teacher and the coach and the person being coached. You can see changes happening. So coming back again to some of the qualities that I would need in my, in my lifestyle as the person who's coaching. Of course, I think that, as we've said several times in the teaching, that what love is the primary thing, real, genuine love in word and in deed. But I think sometimes I've often said it means that we have to have ability to say as much as possible that we love them 24-7. I don't know if that's the expression you would use, but we're available. We're available. We're at the end of the phone. We're on the computer. They can contact. We're available to be seen, contacted, or spoken to in some way. And that, of course, is quite helpful since we have access to things like emails to talk to one another or Skype or various ways beside meeting in the physical person. And because I found with especially my Muslim friends who come from a family and a community They need to come into a Christian family. And members of the family are always contactable. So as we as Christians who are helping them uh, are only there on Sunday or only at set times, it becomes a more difficult arrangement and being feeling very welcome, very accepted, is to be available anytime. Some people might abuse that relationship, that's true, and I'd think that can happen. But I think also that our learning to be available is really important with many people. But the other thing is, I think we have to be, being available will mean that we will be seen and be more vulnerable because they will see us, not just as at church or see us in the teaching with the Bible, but see us just as a person, how we're living, how we're shopping, how we're conducting ourselves in our home or in various activities. And I think that's very helpful because we want them 
to understand what it really means to be a Christian as a whole person and not just a spiritual Bible reader. But also, we're not expected to be experts. And the other thing, I think that it's good to be able to learn to say when different questions are asked or different situations, I don't know that answer. I don't know about that particular topic, but we could find out. We could explore it together. We could think of other people who could help us on that topic. It certainly doesn't mean that all the different needs that the person who's come to Christ has, you are going to meet him. It is, you are going to teach him how Christ meets those needs, and you will just be the helper, not the meter of the needs. So don't feel that this means you take upon yourself an enormous task that you could never do. Of course not. But you can give the, the framework to how the things are answered. And uh, that gives great relief that we don't need to know everything, but we will f- know how to find things. <clears throat> and I think one of the other things which I sort of hinted at is that you have expectations and you want the person you're working with to have expectations. So in the early days, you will try to, in making the commitment, try to set down some of the things you would like to see happening. With one person, she told me she'd like to know the whole Bible. Well, of course, that's an expectation that's unrealistic. But we had to choose. We would like to know just the Gospel of John within these three months, or we would like to be able to know Galatians and Ephesians or some goal that's realistically possible. But I found another thing is that you, while you might be the teacher, several people, I took them to walk through the Bible. <laughs> and we have, in UK, we have quite a number of places that do something called Walk Through the Bible Day. And you go and hear an overview of the whole scripture. And though they may not remember everything because it's so overwhelming <laughs> the first time, but it gives it just another little backdrop to all that I'm doing with them. And that's another part of what I said. You're not the only teacher. You're helping them learn from various sources while you are learning with them. And there may be other resources that you have to use. But I find it's also helpful in this role that we have time to understand ourselves and our beliefs and feel confident in the presentations that I'm sharing with them. And sometimes also I found that I myself have a mentor to whom I can talk about what I'm doing with my other friends. And I actually have two couples whom I mentor at the moment. And it's quite helpful when I can call them up and talk with them about what's going on and what I'm teaching and where I'm going. And they pray for me. They're tremendous help and encouragement to me too while I'm doing this. Because all of us have prayer partners or helpers, even though we may be not a recent new Christian, but we're still learners and we're still growing. I think one of the qualities in finding the expectations were that we make a list of some of the things we would want to learn. And it's quite interesting, different people's list of things they want to learn. Coming from the Islamic background and the culture, I found many of my friends 
because I'm working with women, one of the topics that came up, yes, I want to learn about the Bible. I want to begin to understand. But I want to know how, dre how you dress. What is the dress code for Christians? And another one said, I don't only want to know the dress code. I want to know about the food. How do Christians know what they can eat? They may seem rather silly to you. But for a Muslim who has a code of everything they do in the practical realm, how do we learn uh, what it means in a, to have a balanced life where our physical everyday activities reflect somehow our Christian faith? So we had quite a list that we were going to try to do. <clears throat> also, I think we have already spoken about worldview, but thinking again in that sense of worldview or my Christian view, how does a Christian view of different things differ? And is it, where did I get these ideas? So we were, several of my friends said, how do you pray? So is there a special rule in the Bible that tells you that you pray? Because the person was also going to church. And she said, when I went to this church, they always stand when they pray. And I went to that church and they sit down. Doesn't that seem a bit irreverent, sitting down to God? Because in Islam, we stand up. So can we stand up as Christians to pray? Why do I sit down? Why do I pray that way? Why do I kneel when I pray? Where did I get these ideas on which is the right one? Or is there no right one? And how do I know that? It may seem very simple to you, but it can be from people who come from a fixed form trying to express total freedom. It can be feeling lost. So how do I have some structure or some confidence that I might be doing things right way? When we were having a young people's group with my friend Farida that I talked to you about, we had about 22 young people under all between 14 and 25. And we were having weekly Bible studies and weekly prayer meetings. So it gave us some particular opportunities. So we decided in the prayer meetings that we would tr discover many ways to pray. And I think the first week we prayed standing up. Everybody prayed standing for the whole prayer meeting. And we prayed and different people prayed. The next week we came and we were reading about Joshua and Moses fell flat on their faces. We had everybody on the floor praying flat out. And so we spent that prayer meeting. The next week we prayed kneeling. And the following week we prayed sitting. And then we prayed. We went through various ways to see different expressions in the Bible. And then we sort of talked as a group. Well, what is comfortable? Are we more comfortable this way? Would we like to do it this way or two different ways? And people deciding for themselves and feeling how they felt as well as seeing different scriptures that meant something. And we did it. Then we chose to have maybe two or three ways that happen regularly. So in the process of doing that, we had read many people's different forms and prayers within the scripture and thinking about praying and that because it's people who have never done it before, it seems very important to find ways. And in the Bible study, we tried different Bible studies. It's quite nice to have Bible studies where you have 
one speaker because you can teach and put across quite a bit. But sometimes it was quite good to have a project and have different parts of the, each members of the group split into little teams and discover various things and then present them to each other about what they learned about various parts on that topic that we were trying to learn. And when people discover things, it was quite good because they remembered it better because they found it rather than someone told them. But this is a bit more complicated if it's only oral learners. And with oral learners, it puts a bit more emphasis on you to tell stories or tell uh, parts of the scripture and let them d sort it out about what the story is explaining to them. So we were trying to learn a number of different things and adaptability in different ways. The question is, how long do you think you should be meeting? And as I said, some of us now have recently been doing it as a contract or as a commitment for shorter periods of time. And, but I think that if the first period of time goes well, probably then you, it's very easy to make an agreement for another three months. My experience was that I usually ended up doing about 18 months with a person but on, by agreeing to different purposes at different times and planning, and it ended up being. I think for intensive kind of mentoring, there probably is a sort of time limit to that, and then maybe teaching will be different in the following time. But some of the teaching is done one-to-one, -one. and I think an awful lot of ministry in the, in the Muslim world has been done one-to-one. -one. Now, part of that happens because some Muslim people are afraid that other people to be with them and know what they're doing. So it's kind of like secretive. So meeting with only one person, the other, no one else knows. But we also discovered that meeting in three and four is very helpful because there are lots of things that we learn as a Christian. We do learn by one to one. And we'll come to that again. But I also learned that in one to one, I had an experience of being very vulnerable because I was one to one. I had a woman who was a lesbian and I didn't recognize it. And then when I did one-to-one -one in a few sessions, then I did. But had I be, she been in a group, I would have prevented that situation happening. So I think we need to be sure to think of doing some of our training, not always 100% in, by meeting only one person, but meeting in a group. <coughs> that is because I think we need to think about the topics and choosing what you want to learn. But I have another question. What is it you think you need to unlearn? What is it that you think is very much a part of your life that's not going to fit into your Christian life? Uh, maybe the person doesn't realize that at the moment or at the beginning. But I have a couple of my friends said, well, probably I won't fast Ramadan or probably I won't have a role in all the holidays, or maybe the fact that I am thinking of prayer as a ritual cleansing, I need to learn a new way to think of prayer. There are parts of their f faith and the things that they believed, or that they need to 
will unlearn as they learn new things, but sometimes they're parts that they have to actually identify and change. But the topics, as I looked over lots of discipleship material, it is true that some of the things we've already mentioned, we want to learn about prayer, we want to learn the Bible and scripture and memorizing scripture, we want to learn about really Bible studies as well as church and baptism. And the question I have is, how do you learn those things? Well, yes, maybe you learn them through studies or discovery or with other people there. But I think lots of the things in the Christian life you can't learn by just reading and memorizing. You learn through your everyday experiences of living together with a Christian or working with other Christians in a group. We can't learn to love by having two people, one loving the other, because you need the third or fourth person to see how the love operates further across. How do you learn to tell truth and be honest? They learn that in relationships with other people. How do you learn to handle money? How do you learn to... to you, a Christian attitude about your working life, where you must be working, uh, or Christian marriage. Many of the things that we need to learn, a lot of the discipleship material don't really mention, but they are learned in a group. They are learned in everyday life. They are learned together with other Christians. And so that, I think, is one of the things that I've discovered. They're the harder ones to teach. It's quite easy to open the Bible and look at the principles, look at the facts, look at what's going on. But how do we learn to do the things in life? That's why I had said to you in the beginning, it's like 24-7. You learn by living with the person. You learn by being with them and they being with you and then doing things together, going places together, doing everyday activities together. And they watch you and they do things with you. And those Lots of things are learned because we absorb them and live together with Christians. And so you might have to try to plan events or think of things to happen so that you will be together in many situations besides just sitting and reading the scripture so that you will learn to have a rounded and fuller Christian life. Hope you enjoy working with your friends.